0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: From the field, to the film room, to the war room, we've got you covered every step of the way as The Road to the Draft starts right now on BGN Radio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the BGN Draft Show. I am your host, Shane Half. You can follow me on Twitter and YouTube at Shane NFL. I'm joined today by my co host, fellow draft enthusiast Dives. Give him a follow on Twitter at Mr. Crockpot. Be sure to check out his college football podcast, Party on Broad. Dives, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing well, man. We're entering week six. Uh, and it is about to get super juicy with a lot of these teams, especially Pac-12 teams, as they start to get ready uh, to face off. Uh, But this week, uh, we have a great one between Texas and Oklahoma that we're going to break down. Uh, It's going to be an amazing battle.
1: Yeah, I'm going to do this on the podcast because they won't throw a flag on it. (laughs) Uh, Also joined by my co-host, who I'm going to – say is dead to me now for doing that sacrilegious symbol Uh, it is mark henry jr give him a follow on twitter at mark henry jr underscore or don't you know it's up to you uh be sure to check out his tough cover radio show every saturday or don't uh mark how are you doing this evening
0: i'll save my thoughts on that game for our game of the week segment but i'm very excited to be here uh i think it's been i think it's one of the more fun college football seasons Um, and shaping up to be one of the more fun college football seasons of all time. There's just so many good quarterbacks, so many teams in the picture of the college football playoff. And if there's ever been a season to kind of show the need for a bigger playoff and a 12 team playoff, it's this one, because there's so many teams I'd like to see in a bigger playoff. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, before we get too far into the show, let's go back and recap our player of the week predictions from last week. Uh, Dibes took running back Blake Corum out of Michigan, who had 16 carries for 74 yards and a touchdown against Nebraska. Uh, Mark was unable to make the podcast, so we gave him the worst kicker in college football. Uh, and I took wide receiver Xavier Leggett out of South Carolina, who, although he had five catches for 50 yards, that was easily his worst performance of the year. So mm-hmm. Dibes, I think you get the point on this one um, for your player of the week selection. So, uh now let's turn the page and we'll look at this week i was gonna take caleb let it be known (laughs) Caleb williams did have a good did have a good game but i don't get the point i wasn't here yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, all right well uh before we get into our player of the week predictions this league let's talk eagles prospect profiles uh spoiler alert a few of these are going to come from our game of the week we're going to be all over the game of the week this league but let's get into our eagles targets of the week All right, Dibes, lead us off here. Who is your Eagles prospect to watch this weekend?
2: Um, A guy I really like out of Texas. Uh, He is JT Sanders, Uh, currently my tight end number two uh, so far in the 2024 uh, class. Uh, Six foot four, 249 pounds, Uh, great size, great leg, very good blocker, amazing athlete. He was a five-star recruit out of high school. Um, potential mismatch weapon uh, at the next level. He's a guy that's too athletic for linebackers and safeties, too big and physical for corners, uh, has had some big moments. Uh, He's kind of been up and down this year for Texas. I mean, just that's kind of Quinn Ewer's thing, right? Uh, But, you know, he's had like a, a game where he has five catches well over 100 yards, then two catches and nothing. And then he has five catches and 100 yards last week. He had two catches and nothing. This week, I expect him to have a, a huge game here against Oklahoma. Uh, the tight end class, I think, is pretty solid. Uh, but when you get – there's like tiers, right? And you have Brock Bowers, is going to be a top-ten pick. Then there's JT Sanders. After that, it's kind of uh, uh, just a bunch of guys that are in that same tier. Guys like Jaheim Bell, guys like Ben Sinnott, Brevin Spanford, Cade Stover, Bryson Nesbitt, Tyler Tyler Warren out of Penn State. Um, All those guys are probably day two, day three guys. So there is a drop-off, and that's why I like this guy for the Eagles. Maybe like a day two selection, round two probably. Uh, So great athlete, a guy that I think would fit really well with Dallas Goddard because of his blocking skills and uh, upside with that length and athleticism. Uh, Definitely a guy to keep on your radar.
0: All
1: right, so that is JT Sanders, tight end out of Texas. You can catch him in the game of the week, OU versus Texas. Uh, Mark, who is your Eagles target of the week this
0: week? My Eagles target of the week is who I was going to use last week, um, and it's cornerback Nate Wiggins out of Clemson. And this is a this, the reason I'm doing this is uh, because – it's a weird reason, actually. It's because he went out during the Florida State game. And there's a saying that absence makes the heart grow fonder. And Clemson's defense definitely missed Nate Wiggins once he went out in that game. Florida State's offense was being bottled up. Jordan Travis was having his worst day of the season. Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson were both struggling to break free. As soon as Nate Wiggins went out of that game, Florida State's offense immediately turned the corner and immediately – made the difference in that game and ended up winning a close one in overtime. Nate Wiggins is expected to come back this week. Um, Clemson not going to play many more important games this season since they're kind of out of the picture. At this point, what they are is strictly almost a scouting watch. Like when you're watching Clemson, it's because of all the guys that are going to get drafted in the NFL draft this year. Maybe they can, you know, go on a run and get to the ACC championship, but, Um, Outside of that, what you're watching for is guys like Nate Wiggins. But Nate Wiggins, as you guys know, I have types when it comes to players. Um, With edge rushers, I like 6'6 types. In general, I like height, especially at the cornerback position, especially at edge rusher. Here we have 6'2", and he's got long arms. I I think that he plays even longer than he is. Um, I mean, going against the big receivers at Florida State, he was able to match up with them pretty much every snap. Um, I, I think that this. I think this guy. We'll see what he does throughout the rest of the year, but I think he's a first-round prospect already, um, regardless of the improvements that he can make throughout the rest of the season. He's a guy who's played since day one at Clemson. He was a four-star recruit, um, played a little bit as a freshman, but he played a ton last year as a sophomore and stepped right into a, a starting role on one of the better defenses in the country last year. So, um, good against the run, good against the pass. Uh, super versatile long arms, I, I think he's got everything to everything you need to play at the next level
2: I think he's I think he's super underrated, super underrated. like you look at the the top players on Clemson, Trotter Jr, Barrett Carter, Andrew McCuba, uh will Shipley, Cameron or I'm sorry, uh, Ruka Rojo, uh defensive tackle, like Nate Wiggins, like Mark have said multiple times, like he's a guy that always always stands out. Always stands out. He's he's got, um, an interception for a touchdown, a sack, two pass deflections, a tackle for loss in four games this year. The dude just fills the stat sheet, man. He always seems to be everywhere. Uh, love Nate Wiggins.
1: All right. And then we'll move on to my guy. Uh, I'm going back to the well with Texas skill position players and talk wide receiver, Xavier worthy. Uh, Xavier Worthy was a four-star recruit who had a track background, uh, reportedly ran a 10.55, 100-meter dash as a sophomore in high school, uh, reportedly ran a four four five forty as a freshman in high school. This guy is speed, 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 which is good because he only weighs 163 pounds. Uh, he's 6'1", 163 pounds. He'll probably be the fastest receiver at the combine this coming year i think he's probably he might get into the mid to low four twos um he had 62 receptions for 981 yards and 12 touchdowns in 2021 he won the big 12 offensive freshman of the year award last year he had a bit of a down year only 59 catches for 757 yards eight touchdowns so far this year he's got 345 and three touchdowns but i mean i led with it it's speed 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 and it's not just on go routes like he explodes out of his cuts. Uh, he, he is a really good route runner. Does a good job setting up defensive backs before breaking off routes. He's got great ball tracking skills, over-the-shoulder catches. He's got reliable hands. He's a punt returner. He's got elite yak ability. Like, he's everything you could want from an explosive wide receiver. Now, he needs to get better with his feel against his own coverage, where to throttle down and sit down on routes. Uh, He is small. Uh, He's handled playing on the line in college well. Press hasn't disrupted him too much, but the NFL is a different ballgame. Now, Devonta Smith did it. Would the Eagles want to have two sub-170-pound receivers in their starting lineup? I don't know. Uh, He is not a good run blocker because of his size. Uh, But I think he's a first-round draft pick. I think he's going to go on day one, especially if he goes and runs at the combine like I think he will. Um, And honestly, I think, with these fast guys, a lot of times we just think they're vertical routes. I think he's less of a deep threat than he is a yak threat. I thought last year Texas tried to use him more as a vertical guy, and I thought you saw a decline in his production last year. I think he's better as like a slot guy working underneath than he is just a guy that you're going to send vertical a lot. So Xavier Worthy out of Texas, he's probably going to be behind Oklahoma's secondary like four times on Saturday. So keep an eye out for him.
2: Yeah, he's he's terrific. Uh, speaking of first round, there's a lot of wide receivers that are fighting for wide receiver too. Man, you've got a Ibuka, Malik Neighbors, uh, Keon Coleman, Roma Dunze, Troy Franklin. Uh, what a battle! What a, what an absolute bloodbath that's going to be. And you, we could see you know a handful of wide receivers go in round one.
1: Yeah, Xavier Worthy,
2: future Las
1: Vegas Raider. He's
2: fast. <laughs>
1: They're going to take him 100%. So I like
2: that. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work
0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All
1: right, let's turn the page now. We've given you your Eagles prospects to watch. Let's go to our player of the week predictions. Let's talk Eagles player, not Eagles, sorry, player of the week (laughs) predictions. I'm bringing us in on the wrong segment here. It's a late night. Dives, why don't you lead us off before I say something else dumb?
2: I'm going to go with one of the most uh, underrated wide receivers in college football right now. I mean, we've talked about some heavy hitters. Uh, Let's let's talk about Trey Harris out of Ole Miss, who is putting up video game-esque numbers, man. Been doing it so since the season started. Um, you know, on last Saturday, man, him and Jackson Dart uh, were absolutely sensational and, and a huge upset win. Uh, oh, they look good, man. He, he's got great chemistry with Jackson Dart, as I said. Um, he had a game winning touchdown with 39 seconds remaining in the fourth quarter. Uh, he's got seven touchdowns, that's the most in college football. Um, he's six foot two. Uh, he's 205 pounds, elite contested catch guy. Uh can can do damage um in open field, great short area quickness, has the size and strength you're looking for. Uh definitely draws some comparisons to Rasheed Rice, who I feel like I've mentioned more than once on this show for some reason. Um, but I see this guy. I I came in to this season with this guy as like a day three guy, but like he looks more and more. Uh, as a day two guy, and Ole Miss takes on Arkansas uh, this week, and the Razorbacks give up the fourth most passing touchdowns per game in the SEC. So there's definitely a weak spot there. With how much Dart likes to throw downfield and and make big plays, um, Trey Harris man has to be at, on the top of the list. Uh, I believe in this dude. Uh, he, all he does is get touchdowns, um, and probably one of the um, best stories. Uh, biggest winners of this young college football season
1: all right so trey harris out of old miss is dives player of the week selection mark how about you who are you taking this week mine's a bit of a cop
0: out um but i'm going with drake may um <laughs> I, I feel like you get to use you know drake may Shador, caleb bo Nix, penix like once you know once every once in a while you got to be smart about when to do it I think here against Syracuse is a good time to do it. Syracuse made Cade Clubnick look relevant last week. Um, Cade Clubnick is a bad quarterback, and they made Clemson look like a creative offense. So I think Drake May and the North Carolina weapons will make Syracuse's defense look even worse than Clemson did last week. Um, I like North Carolina minus eight and a half that game, so there's a way to sneak in a, a, a bet there. But Drake May hasn't had the... Standalone, standout, put him on the Heisman map performance yet this year. He's had good ones. He hasn't had a bad game. I mean, South Carolina, 269 yards, two touchdowns, but two picks. Uh, against App State, he had only 208 yards, no touchdowns. Minnesota, 414 yards, two touchdowns, but he had two picks, took a bunch of sacks. And then against Pitt, 300 yards and a touchdown probably his most clean and complete game of the year. He's still 11th in QBR in the country. He's still been one of the best quarterbacks in the country, but he hasn't had that I'm Drake May, I'm going top 2 next year, stop putting other people in my conversation game yet. And I think that could be coming this week. I think we get a big time big time game out of Drake May, Omari and Hampton and the whole North Carolina offense.
1: All right. And then for my player of the game prediction, I'm going to pick a guy that I would hazard a guess that most of our listeners have never even heard his name before, Uh, because he plays football at Troy and you're probably not watching a lot of Troy football, uh, but it is running back Kamani Vidal. Uh, He is the running back for Troy. Uh, They play Arkansas state this weekend who is allowing 164 yards per game on the ground. Uh, Meanwhile, Troy, or excuse me, meanwhile, Vidal is fifth in rushing yards. Uh, he's only seven yards behind third place. So he is up there in terms of production. Uh, he has 32 forced missed tackles this season on 102 carries. That's a pretty great ratio. Uh, sixth in the NCAA in forced missed tackles. He's got 3.91 yards after contact per carry. Uh, he is a bowling ball he will run you over. He's got better burst and agility than you would like or than you would think for that kind of a running back. I just love running backs that can run you over. Mark talked about having types. My type at running back is a guy that will just truck you all day. Uh, But in, in spite of, you know what I've said about him being this power style of running back, he's got 16 runs of over 10 yards this year, which is tied eight for eighth in the NCAA. So you can talk about the competition he's played against, but he's a breakaway run threat as well. So Kamani Vidal for Troy. Going to have a big game against Arkansas State this weekend. That's that was, I'm sticking to it.
2: I was a struggle to make that graphic. <laughs> <laughs> I was
1: surprised you had a graphic. So you no,
2: might- I, I I made one today. I have no idea who that is.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Well, tune in. Tune in this weekend.
2: How did that watch- come across your desk?
0: How did he come across my desk? In general, yeah, was it an Arkansas State's bad against running back situation, or this guy's really good situation?
1: Uh, It's a well, OU ran all over Arkansas State, so I knew, I knew, I knew their rushing defense was really bad, and I knew that Vidal was up there. So I'd watched a highlight video. of. I'm not going to lie to you and say I watch a lot of Troy games, but I'd I'd seen a highlight video of him on YouTube, and then it just all clicked for me like, oh, they play Arkansas State this weekend. So let's make the pick. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now let's talk our game of the week. We alluded to it earlier. Half of our players we talked about today come from this game. It is the Red River rivalry. Number 12, Oklahoma, versus number three, Texas. At the Cotton Bowl at noon on Saturday, uh, this is only the third time that OU and Texas have met while both being at least five and zero. The other two times being 2008 and 2002. Uh, last year, Texas blew out Oklahoma. We don't talk about that around here, uh, but Oklahoma signed seven top three one hundred. Excuse me, they signed seven top three hundred recruits and have allowed only fifty four points this season, which is the fewest by a Big Twelve team in the first five games since 2009 when OU also did it. Uh, This is the first time Texas is 5-0 since 2009 when they won the Big 12 championship. Uh, Last weekend, Oklahoma lit up Iowa State with 523 total yards of offense. Texas lit up Kansas with 661 yards of offense. This could be an offensive shootout. It could be a defensive struggle. A lot of it's going to come down to the quarterbacks because both of these quarterbacks can run a bit hot and cold. Dibes mentioned it earlier with Quinn Ewers. Uh, he has two games this season under a 65 QBR. He's got one 81, and then he's got two that are over 90. Dylan Gabriel, the quarterback for OU, has two games in the high 60s and three in the high 90s. Like It's all over the place with these guys. It's going to be which quarterback shows up, uh, which defense is able to get in a quarterback's head, early dives. How do you, how do you feel about this game? What do you kind of see?
2: Yeah. Quinn Ewers already had kind of a moment in week two. I think they had that huge win against Alabama and Tuscaloosa. Right. Um, but I, I, you know, there's tons of prospects in this one. You mentioned that Quinn Ewers uh, worthy uh, Mitchell is a, Donna Mitchell is a great wide receiver prospect. JT Sanders already touched on Baron Sorrell is a really good linebacker edge rusher uh, for Texas as well. For Oklahoma, we have uh, linebacker Danny Stutzman, who we covered last week, offensive tackle Tyler uh, Guyton. Um, the, both of those are big time prospects. And I'm going to just play devil's advocate and I'm going to say uh, a guy, yeah, it is probably all, all on the quarterbacks, but uh, a guy that had major shoes to fill in replacing Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson in 2023 is Jonathan Brooks, uh, Texas running back Jonathan Brooks, man. Uh, the guy is played just five games last year, averaged seven and a half yards per carry. He was dominant against Kansas last week, uh, went off for 218 yards, two scores over 10 yards per carry. Over the last three games, Brooke is averaging uh, 162 yards per game on a ridiculous line of 8.1 yards per carry. And then you get to Oklahoma, who's 28th best in the country in defending the run, giving up 105 yards, per game on the ground. I, I Yeah, Quinn, yours, this is his moment to shine. Uh, but between the numbers, uh, between the sticks, man, that matchup between Danny Stutzman trying to slow down Jonathan Brooks uh, could be a really good one. So that's what I'm watching.
1: Yeah, he was almost my player of the week prediction, but I couldn't bring myself to pick a Texas player for player of the week. All right, Mark, what about you? What do you have going on? What, do you, what are your thoughts on this game? Is there anything you like about the spread? Where are you at with this one?
0: Yeah, this is a Texas play for me. I'm sorry, Shane. Horns <laughs> up. Um, but I'm taking Texas minus six. I don't think I've seen enough um over the last year to convince me that Venables has closed the gap that we saw last year in a 49-0 beatdown in the Red River shootout. Um, I, I think Oklahoma hopes to be where Sark has Texas in a couple years, because this is year four or five for Sark at Texas. He's gotten his guys there. This is his recruiting class. Now, like this is his vision for the program. Venables is still molding what that is and still taking over for Lincoln Riley. Still has a lot of Riley guys around. Um, I I just don't think Oklahoma has advanced far enough yet to close the gap. We saw last year. Um, I think you look at what Oklahoma has played so far this year, and it's just been a really cupcake schedule. And I know Shane has complained about the play calling and um, a lot of screens, a lot of plays behind the line of scrimmage. And I think you get away with a lot of that with Dylan Gabriel when you're playing Tulsa and SMU and Cincinnati and Iowa state. Um, But Texas, I think is a little bit of a different situation. And since Texas beat Bama and put 34 on Bama, that Bama defense has been impenetrable. That Bama defense has been the best in the country since that. So um, I think Texas is every bit of a title contender, and I'd be shocked if Texas lost this game. Um, So I'm taking Texas with the spread. All
1: right. So there you have it. Uh, Dives. did you give a pick on this game? Which way do you lean? Do you lean Texas?
2: Man, I, I haven't watched enough Oklahoma football to really have a firm grasp on this one. Again, it's gonna all depend on which Quinn Ewers we get uh, on Saturday. That is just massive. Uh, Quinn Ewers, uh, his knack or or, or like kind of right up is how he handles pressure. Uh, He really struggled with that last year, uh, you know, beating the blitz. Um, And if he does that well on Saturday, I, I don't think Oklahoma has a chance. There's just too many playmakers on that Texas offense. Um, I'm going to go Texas here.
1: All right. I'm going to abstain from making a pick uh, because I want to be able to show my face around my state, Uh, but you can read into that what you would like to. So uh, there you have it, guys. We gave you some Eagles prospects to watch. You can keep an eye on JT Sanders, Xavier Worthy in that OU Texas game, Nate Wiggins from Clemson, obviously tune into OU Texas at noon on Saturday, as well as many other great games going on this weekend. Thank you guys for joining us for this episode of the BGN draft show. If you enjoyed the show, be sure you hit that subscribe button. So you get every single show on the BGN radio feed. Uh, You can check us out on Twitter. I'm at Shane half NFL dives at Mr. Crockpot. Mark is at Mark Henry Jr. We will catch you guys next week for another episode of the BGN draft show.